stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey everyone, happy Valentine's Day. On this holiday of love, I have something a little different for you today and I'm so, so excited about it. I hope everyone will continue to tune in. Um, Basically, I was deciding between having the founders of Halo Top ice cream, because ice cream is one of my loves and to make that low calorie, or I did go with Uh, The founder of Raise a Child, which is, he is one of my personal heroes. Um, He is who brought Jellybean to me in a way. And I'm going to talk a lot about this today with Rich. And I hope everybody will stay tuned because I think this is one of the most important shows ever, whether or not you personally are considering fostering a child. I think that had more people known how amazingly doable it is, I would have been less tortured and you know there's so many people out there who would love more love in their life or need more love in their life and uh, 28,000 kids in Los Angeles County alone 400,000 kids in the United States and let's face it we all know that when we don't have what we want in life it's we find ourselves eating a little more and I know that I had some lonely nights that I definitely was longing for a chi- the love of a child and to be a mom and, you know, to have that relationship that I didn't have and thought that I couldn't get any of it. And little did I know. And as I said, if one of my friends had even known how easy it would be, it could have really changed everything for me um, a lot sooner and helped a child sooner. So as I said, I hope you'll stay tuned. Um, I'm first going to give you my regular jelly bean update. And then we'll we'll bring on Rich. So Jellybean is amazing. Um, she is growing like crazy. She's doubled in weight already. Uh, the social worker was joking that she's like, is this the same child? Um, I think that she loves food as much as her mom does. It's actually really funny. Um, sometimes, you know, I've, I've said from the start that when I'm cooking, sometimes I wonder, like, does she care? And at first it didn't seem so. Now I feel like she may actually know that she's getting the short end of the stick and not getting good food. So I can't wait till her little teeth come in. And uh, the other thing is she's finally sleeping a little more. Uh, she slept the other night from like 1.30 until 7. And I literally woke up in a panic, like hoping she was like there wasn't anything wrong with her. And there she was asleep. So uh, I, I got more than a six hour block for the first time since she's arrived with the exception of I do have a nanny every once in a while come and um and do an overnight so uh but that was the first time we were alone so that was very exciting but that's all I mean I'm I'm uh hopeful that I'm going to get to adopt her it's going to be late May when I find that out if I can start that process and other than that we are doing insanely well I have new appreciation for every mom out there because this is not easy it's amazing but it's not easy 
Um, okay, on that note, to make life easier, we have Rich Valenza. He's the founder and chief executive officer of Raise a Child, a national nonprofit organization building loving families for foster children. Raise a Child recruits, educates, and nurtures supportive relationships equally with all prospective foster and adoptive parents while partnering with agencies to improve the process of advancing the nation's 437,000 foster children to safe, loving, and permanent homes. I thought it was only 400, but it's 437,000. That's even worse. Um, in the six-year history, Raise a Child has engaged more than 6,000 prospective parents, including me, across the country. In establishing Raise a Child, Rich has drawn on more than 25 years of success in marketing and development for broadcast media and not-for-profit organizations. He has used his expertise in working with leading national and international corporations to form strategic partnerships with community services, national and regional LGBT organizations and businesses to build Raise a Child's strength and influence. Welcome, Rich. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. You truly are. I know I said you're one of my personal heroes, and you truly are. I um, I feel like I got so lucky. I joke with everybody that, you know, they're like, how did you get a child so quickly? Like, for people who don't know, I started the process through Rich's organization on June 4th, where he had this whole thing set up where we could get our initial orientation with the county and then get, like, there was a medical van from St. John's to do the... Um, medical checks, and then we got to do a life scan, which is when you run your fingerprints to make sure you don't have a criminal record. And like that all happened in one stop on June 4th. And then my little baby jelly bean was in my arms on November 22nd. So I'm sure that alone shocks people. But but uh, hats off to you too, Devin, because um, you have a personality and a drive and a passion with whatever you decide to do. And you uh, move things uh, quickly uh, as well. So, you know, I, I tip my hat to you for um, being so dedicated to this idea. And uh, your drive made it happen, too. So, well, no, that so I mean, that is true. I mean, that is true in the sense that, you know, when I went to that orientation, they said it was interesting. DCFS, Department of Children and Family Services, for people who don't know, said, oh, you could get through this process in 90 days. And I was like, cool. And then when I went to sign up for the classes that you have to take, like, that wasn't even going to finish in 90 days. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Um, I'm like, there must be a class starting sooner than that. And they're like, oh, they're full. And I was like, well, there's got to be a wait list, you know. So I'm just always super positive in, you know, when I want something, trying to, you know, figure out how to get on the wait list. And I did. I mean, I literally started the class the week after. But still, I mean, you're right. It's but with that, I mean, honestly, without your organization, like the number of people that I have told that if everyone had the customer service that you guys have, and obviously as a not-for-profit, I didn't pay you guys a penny, um, right. you know, I couldn't believe like the level of service, like every single, your parent advocate, Jason, is the most amazing human also. And, and so I would love to talk about, um, you know, first I kind of want to talk about your understanding of across the country. Like I know the process in Los Angeles, but I'd love to know, you know, if somebody isn't uh, in your backyard and doesn't get to see you personally and all of that, um, how that works and, and everything, because I want people to realize how easy this is. And as I said, I want people to tell 
someone who was in my position, hey, or your position, actually. So if you want to start there, and then we'll move into your story and how um, and how you started the, like, first of all, how you adopted and then how you started the organization. So, Sounds um, good. So let me um, just share the website that we have at raiseachild.org. So it's raiseachild.org. No matter where people are in the U.S., uh, we have a network of uh, foster and adoption agencies, either in your backyard or, you know, down the street, um, who would love to uh, work with you, would love to help you build your family. So, um, you know, folks in Macon, Georgia, folks in uh, Edina, Minnesota, um, if you have interest at all, please go to raisethechild.org and register. There are a number of buttons there on our website to register. And um, once we get your information, our parent advocate team and Jason uh, will reach out to you. And uh, he would love to hear your story. Uh, The other parent advocates would love to hear your questions and answer your questions. And then as quickly as they would like to, we can introduce them to agencies right there in their own state. So, And um, just to be clear with everyone, when he's saying refer you to agencies, that is also not a payment situation. Like right. they are not-for-profit agencies. So you go from an awesome free service to another awesome free service. Well, and, and that's true. And we should really talk about the benefits to, you know, people have a number of choices uh, to build a family. Um, and so, you know... It, be honest, there is risk in every one of those uh, methods of building a family, whether you're giving uh, birth to the child or you're uh, using a surrogate or whatever it may be, there are certainly risks involved. But I believe that um, fostering and adopting is, uh, or adopting through the foster system is one of the, the methods with the biggest benefits because not only... Um, do the children come to your home with health care uh, to the age of 18 and some states to 21? Uh, but also, uh, you know, they have not only the, the health care, but uh, in most cases they'll come with a, a monthly stipend. Um, money will be uh, deposited into your bank account uh, for you to use uh, for the, the education of that child, the clothing uh, to help with the expenses, to have kids is um, a, an expense, and the government understands that, and they want to be there to help you raise um, this child and have a, a, you know, raise a successful child um, in your home. So there's plenty of uh, benefits here in L.A., um, the Children's Hospital, uh, UCLA, uh, there's a number of organi- organizations out there that are willing to help provide uh, therapy services for the child should they need it. Um, even I've gone for uh, some therapy too, <sighs> as uh, a new father of two kids. Uh, so <laughs> there's an adjustment that needs to be made sometimes. But what we do at Raise a Child is not only to to market, to educate people about the need, um, and there is a severe need uh, for more foster and adoptive homes all across the country. There's a number of things going on. The opioid uh, crisis on a daily basis is putting 
uh, turning out kids to the courts and uh, the, the judges in the courts all across the country need to find good homes while the parents work on um, a plan to get themselves uh, uh, in better shape than what they are so that they can take their child back. So we need great parents all around the country uh, to help out here. Right, and both to foster and then foster to adopt. And um, part of what I love, to be honest, about, you know, I was working with Jason on your team, as you know, and he was so great because at one point, even though it sounds like my process went really fast, like I rushed through from June to August, like end of August, I did everything I have to do. And then I was just sitting and wait um, while, you know, I was getting the license and then waiting for children. And Jason just kept saying, wait until you get the call that you just feel the yes in your body. And it was so interesting because he's like, I know you've waited. He's like, don't take the first call. You'll get a ton of calls. There's plenty of kids. You know, I think there's six to eight children being born in Los Angeles alone every week who need a family, which is like mind blowing. So I loved that advice. And I loved, you know, I I know, I mean, I'll be honest and say from someone who wanted to foster to adopt, when I walked in that first agency before I found you guys and they told me that, you know, there was a risk that the child could be taken back, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And I almost walked out. And then um, I connected with an old friend who, which Rich, you know, Mark um, (laughs) Daly, who I had, you know, done some work in this space with and I just looked him up and texted him from there. And he's like, oh my God, I have two, I, I, acquire two children or, um, you know, foster two children. And, um, and he had such positive things to say and led me to raise a child. And then, you know, I loved all of your orientations and they were just so reassuring in so many ways, but also in really flipping my mindset to, you know, whether or not I get to keep a child forever. And trust me, I'll be devastated if I don't get to keep her, but you are doing a community service for a child that will forever change their life. Um, Absolutely. During the time that you have them. And, you know, what I say, too, and um, my experience, um, I believe, is more along the lines of the experience you're having, where when I was presented with uh, my children from the county uh, 12 years ago, um, my children were on track for adoption. Uh, They were in the foster system, but on track uh, for adoption. So, I really wasn't faced with that fear that, uh, you know, they would, I would bring them into my home and love them and take care of them and then that they might go back to the parents. But in actuality, uh, you know, we encourage people to look at it this way, that this child that you fall in love with, that you're fostering, you're making a huge difference in their lives. I mean, imagine uh, what the possibilities are for them uh, being removed from a, a bad situation in their, with their birth parents. Um, it, it could go any which way for them. But even if you have a child for a week or two years or whatever it may be, you're making such a difference. You're showing this child what love, what security, what permanency is, what, uh, to feel secure for that time. And um, also, you know, you're helping the parents... Uh, find their way to get back on track. Uh, and well, it's really yeah, a phenomenal and, thing that um, people will do from the, good, the goodness of their heart. 
Yeah, and you're getting so much yourself. You really are. Um, On that note, we are going to take a break, but we will be right back with much more. Stay tuned, everyone. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey everyone, happy Valentine's Day. I'm back with Rich Valenza of Raise a Child. We are talking about one of the most important topics in our country, in my opinion, um, the foster care system. And I would love it whether or not you think you'd ever be a foster care system, if you'd please uh, continue to tune in, because this is such an important show to help so many kids and also so many adults who, you know, that friend of yours who's a single woman who's overeating and really wants to have kids and isn't meeting the guy, you know, might want to educate her on how easy it is. I wish someone had done that for me 10 years ago. And until I uh, had made the decision that I really wanted to go down this road, I don't know I mean, it was kind of one of those random, at the time that I did it, I was kind of a little, well, I've told the story. Um, You know, I'd been beating my head up against a wall dating and really wanting a child. I know, I've always known that I wanted to be a mom. And um, Rich and his team made it so much easier for me. And, And as I said, had I known 10 years ago what I know now, I would have done it a long time ago. So I hope you'll continue to tune in. Um, We were just talking about, you know, even if you... I take a foster child and then don't keep with the intent of adopting and don't keep them like what the service is. And to that end, um, I believe, I don't know the exact statistic. I wish I did. Uh, I believe it's 
either 17 or 25%, somewhere around 20% of the Los Angeles prison system, both male and females are former foster kids, like kids who aged out of the system with nobody to love them. So you can imagine that if we could reverse the foster system, and with a lot of the kids, they have multiple siblings in the system. Um, actually, Rich, I think we should tell Jason's story at some point, but... But there's so many kids that they just the foster moms keep having them. A lot of the a lot of the girls. I think it's 77 percent of the girls who age out um, get pregnant within one to two years. Many of them are sex trafficked. So there's so many things that you can prevent by you know considering this amazing work. But uh, Rich, I would love to jump back to you and talk about what it was that made you start raise a child and also to adopt your precious children. Thanks. You know, I got to uh, be an age where when I would, you know, I live here in L.A., but I, my family, um, I was born back in central Pennsylvania, so my, my uh, family, most of them still live back there or in Virginia, but when we would all come together for the holidays, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas, um, I got to be the age where, you know, I was the fun Uncle Rich that I would come back and my sister had her uh, family, my brothers had their kids, and uh, and then I would have great time with my nieces and nephews, but then I'd get back on the plane again by myself and I'd fly back to L.A. and the whole time I would think like, you know, I wish that I was in a relationship that I could have kids myself. And... Um, I don't know. I haven't had much. Uh, I hadn't had much success in relationships. Um, to admit this on Valentine's Day, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> a, a, a big uh, a, a, the sin. But anyhow, I, I decided that you know when I get to forty-five is when I'm going to do this, whether or not I'm in a relationship. And uh, and I made that decision at the age of forty. So. You know, I lived life. I would um, take trips when I wanted or whatever, and uh, every time I would go away, I would think, oh, God, I'm in such a great place here. It would be great to be able to share this with a child, with my son or with my daughter or whatever it may be. So I, I think by the time I, I reached my target date of uh, or age of 45 that I was very much uh, clear that this was the right decision. And uh, at the time, I was not in a relationship. Um, I went through the, the classes and all with the county. And um, I think back then, uh, it was many more hours that you had to be trained. Uh, I think they've relaxed that a bit in the new um, policies that they have. So mm -hmm. that's a little bit better for folks, too. Uh, but I remember... Um, in class, uh, I was the only uh, single guy there. In um, there were some things said in comments that uh, some of my classmates made, where I thought, "God, I don't know if really I'm welcome as a single person to go through this process." Or you know, also I'm gay, so for I'm not sure that a gay man is welcome to go uh, through this process and. You know, the, the comments that were made were really not kind of corrected by the instructors, and it kind of left me feeling um, uh, lost, to be honest. And I don't know if it is that I'm stubborn or, or just what, but 
I did come back the next Saturday after this incident, and uh, I did go through, and I'm so glad that I did because uh, I ended up having these two beautiful children as um, you know a result of my stubbornness and my passion <laughs> to build a family. And um, I remember on on my forum, and, and you probably had to you know, uh, had this questionnaire with your social worker as well, Devin, but uh, they ask you, what kind of child are you looking for? What are the, what's the age, what uh, race, all of that uh, mm-hmm. type of thing. And I was very clear on one thing, that I wanted just one child, um, mm-hmm. but I was open to either sex and any race. Uh, that didn't matter to me. And uh, I waited, too, like you said. Uh, I was waiting for placement and a, a call. Of, I think it took about nine months for me to finally oh, get Oh, wow. Yeah, which also created doubt in my head as well. So um, finally I did get the call, and the uh, caseworker said, Rich, I think we have a match for you, but it's not exactly what you were thinking. And I said, well, what is that? And uh, by that time, I was just ready to say yes to anything. <laughs> um, but uh, he said, it's not one child, it's two. And would you be interested? And this is their story. And uh, I asked if I could think it over overnight. And uh, I don't think I got much sleep that night. And I called him up uh, first thing when I figured he just walked in the office. And I said, yes, let's move forward with this. And um, I also kind of thought uh, what kept me up that night was, well, maybe I've really done myself in. Maybe now I'll never get in a relationship. Uh, you know, here I am, a single guy uh, with two kids now. Uh, would that be attractive to anybody? And what I, um, the, in fact, the exact opposite happened for me because for me, I think I had this longing. Uh, to build a family, and when I had my kids, even as I was fostering them for a time, um, I, I think it gave me a sort of confidence or or something. And uh, dating was not an issue. I was a very active guy <laughs> at the same time I had my kids. So, you know, I want people to understand, too, that it's, you know, this decision in your life... Um, it doesn't hinder. It, it, in my case, it enhanced, um, and it, it brought me other opportunities. But to answer your question, I uh, founded Raise a Child because of those experiences I had in going through the system, and, and I took my classes nearly 14 years ago, so things were much different all across the country. But right. um, what I decided was I wanted to make sure that people understood that whether you're gay or straight, whether you're married, uh, engaged, or single, no matter your color, no matter your religion, no matter your, um, your status or title or whatever it would be, every year there seems to be more kids coming into the foster system all across the country. And the truth is we need more and more good foster, and adoptive parents. So everyone is welcome at Raise a Child. We established that from the get-go, and we only work with agencies that believe in the same thing, um, inclusive agencies, um, people that are willing to work with all types of people, because we need all types of people 
for the now 437,000 kids in the foster wow. care system. The, these kids need love. They need security. They need home. They need uh, to know that when they're finished with school, they're gonna, their parent or someone is going to be there to pick them up and take them home. They need to know that there is a meal that's going to be put on the table for them and there's food in the refrigerator. They need to know that there's a comfortable bed, that it would be warm in the house, um, all of these things. And I, I, I don't know. I'm honored to be able to do this work. Um, and I'm honored to know you, Devin, uh, oh. for, you know, already how you are helping spread the word about this need. It's a, a terrific thing. Well, as I said, I just, I mean, I, you know, felt like this is something that I've talked about for so long and I didn't pull the trigger because I didn't know. Um, uh-huh. And it's funny because my, I guess friends 10 years ago when I said it, a couple of them are like, oh, you're a bleeding heart or like, I don't know, kind of dismissed it as like, what are you thinking? Like also not knowing. And for whatever reason, this time around, my group of friends, when I said it, they're like, you've been talking about that for a long time. And, and so it's like, hmm, yeah, I have. And I hate doing that. Like, I'm one of those people. Um, I had done this program many years ago. And they say if you complain about the same thing over and over and over, it's a racket and you're actually getting something out of it. So, mm-hmm. like... You know, for people who um, hate their jobs, it's like, well, why are you still in it? If you hate it that much, you could go work as a, you know, like whatever, checker at McDonald's, you could probably get a job or whatever it is. But there's something in that that's keeping you in that job, whether it's the money you think is worth it or whatever. And it's true. It's like we really do. I mean, not that it's that easy to change your job, but but it is like if you're going to complain about it all the time, it's either you know, like proactively look for something else while accepting that this is, you know, this was my choice to stay in this job because I'm making this much money. And this goes with everything. And this is a lot of the coaching that I do with people. But I found myself sitting here, you know, telling everyone else to have it all. And here I am, you know, same as you. Like, I thought when I made this decision in April that I wasn't going to date again. And honestly, since Jellybean has arrived, I haven't. And I can't imagine dating right now because I need to get back to the gym and, you know, on a regular basis and sleep and things. But on the flip side of that, like that period where I was going to get Jellybean, I was more popular than I've been in, I don't know. And I mean, I told five men who never had kids that who were about my age and same thing. It's so funny that I was, um, I was 45 when I started the process and 46 when I got jelly bean. Um, but I, you know, men who are age appropriate telling them this and they were all like down for it. And I was just like, wait, what? And, um, I, I, I was sure that, you know, I was joking that here I am the single girl with the car seat. Cause I had to have that before, you know, and I mean, on, Two of the occasions I told the guys on the second date um, because it just kind of came up and I wasn't going to hide it. And they were both like, no way. I really want a child, too. And one of them, like we were in a relationship for a while until his psycho ex like got involved. And then I was just like, I'm not bringing that drama into a thing. So then and, and by that point, I was really close to getting jelly beans. So I was just like, OK, we're tabling this. But it was really interesting. And I do think to your point, it's like for so long, I was afraid 
that I was giving up. Like, I'm such a dreamer and I believe you can have everything you want. And I somehow was following the, it had to be the guy and then the child, um, or I was giving something up. And what I realized is getting the child has actually freed me. And I think that guys no longer felt that, you know, even though I was never that girl to be like, what do you want? And blah, blah, blah. There is a timetable. Like, let's face it, you're 45, you want a child, there's a timetable somewhere. So uh, whether anybody's saying it or whatever. So I think I agree with you. I think that it's only brought uh, more amazingness to my life and the amount of love. Like, I don't know if you experienced this, but, you know, I was the same way, you know, jumping on planes and doing all these things. And and even like my next door neighbor, who's always been kind, like took on this whole new level of like, now he calls me sweetheart. It's like and just as I said like people coming forth with love like as if they thought when I went in my house I was like some evil demon not to have a husband or or child at my age and then all of a sudden it was like oh my god you're the most loving person to do that and and then they like you know and match that love that they think that I now have which is as I said, kind of funny, because I've always been the same, but... Well, you know, you're making me think of something here, because I'm thinking that back when I was looking out there for the partner so that I could accomplish the next step that I wanted to do in my life, that must have, like, come out. That must have been able to be sensed by by uh, guys, in my case, you know, that uh-huh. I was looking at them, you know, kind of sizing them up about whether or not they would be the person that helped me then build my family. And now that I decided to forget about that, I'm building my family regardless. There is not that pressure. There's not that, I'm not looking at people in that way. I'm looking at at, uh, my partner as far as will he make a good partner in this relationship to be a good father to my kids. And it's a different, it's a different, kind of vibe I think that we will put off here as as you take care of this this need that we have to be a parent. So yeah, it's a we're we're holding people up to a, a different kind of uh you know, a value maybe. Right. And like well somebody told me too and actually I'll I'll we have like two more minutes but so I'll say this quickly but somebody told me too that I'm going to attract more loving men because yeah. It's so easy to attract the selfish ones when you're single and they can jump off. But somebody who is attracted to the package is likely going to be just more loving in general. So I'll probably just have a better time dating. I believe that. I believe that. So on that note, and it being Valentine's Day, we will go to break and we will come back with much more. Stay tuned, everyone. follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Rich Valenza, founder of RaiseAChild.org. It's a national organization helping people like me and you, if you like, get uh, acquire the dream child that they've always wanted through foster care. Um, I wanted to go through a couple more statistics that um, I thought were interesting. So Raise a Child has placed or helped about 6,000 prospective parents um, place children and only 15%, even though there's a chance that kids can go back, 15% of them um, actually returned to their birth parents. Um, I know for those like me who have big hearts, um, you have this fear like, oh my God, if I went to foster um, and I had a child, I might have trouble looking at it as a charity thing or a you know community service at first because you'd fall in love with the child. Um, and it was funny because so many people have said to me, I could never do that. I could never do that. And the truth is that if only 15% and granted, you can stack the odds in your favor by, you know, really learning about what the various histories might be where there's a greater chance. Like my daughter, from the time I said yes on the phone, there was a much greater chance that I would get to keep her. Like I got to name her and her name is not really Jelly Bean. I think everybody knows that. Um, but I got to name her because the situation was such that her parents didn't even, they weren't involved enough to give her a name. Um, in other cases, you know that you're doing visits with the parents and the parents are trying to rehabilitate. Um, so I, I was very wanting to just wait and not have anybody involved. Uh, and then also the number of people who go back for more children. I mean, honestly, like I thought it would be one and now I'm already like if if I was in a financial situation where I was truly financially free, um, I as a single woman, I might even take a second child. But tons of people have done this. Oh, and what I was going to say about the 15 percent, you know. The chances that I was ever going to make it on television, let's be real, were probably 1%, if that, maybe a tiny percentage of a percent. But I moved from Pennsylvania also, Rich, um, oh. out here. I don't know if we, we never had that discussion. No. Um, but, um, yeah, I moved out here to pursue this crazy dream of helping people get fit. Um, and, you know, so 15, so I basically had an 85% chance of keeping a child. I'm like, oh, those are odds that I can totally, you know, live with. And I would love to talk about the actual, the individual who is your, um, I guess, head parent advocate, or do you have a lot around the country? I am not even clear on that. 
Yeah, we have a team uh, right now. It's of uh, three people uh, okay. that help out. Um, we have a parent advocate that is uh, fluent in uh, in uh, Spanish as well as oh. English. Uh, so she's helping reach out to the Latino community and support them um, as they go through the process. Um, the, the Our director of the Parent Advocate Program, he's been with the organization pretty much since we started six years ago. His name is Jason Cook, and Jason actually lives in Florida. He did start here in L.A. with us, and then um, he and his partner wanted to move to Florida to be closer to uh, Jason's dad, uh, who is elderly, and uh, Jason is an amazing guy. Um, you've already said, <laughs> and that's an understatement. Uh, yeah, and he um, and his partner started out. They uh, wanted to foster and adopt years ago, and uh, one of the things you can do uh, is go to these kind of. Uh, events that uh, foster and adoption agencies put together. Uh, the county put together, I think it was a bowling event uh, where they bring foster kids in that uh, are ready for placement, um, pretty much on track for adoption. And you get to, you know, experience um, an event with a child. You uh, can meet them and it's uh, not so high pressure. Um, and so they met uh the you know they were there playing uh bowling and and all and one child uh, kind of stood out to them so at the end of the event after the kids um you know go back uh to their the home that they're in um you're asked to fill out a form if you have you know connected with any child in particular so they filled out a form based on one child and uh, they were rapidly matched with that child and then found out that he had a brother. And so they said yes to the brother, and they found out that he had another brother, and they said <laughs> yes to that brother. Um, so in all, I believe it was five boys uh, uh, that they ended up taking in, and they fostered initially and adopted all five. And they then felt that they were missing out by not having a daughter. So they um, went back to uh, the foster and adoption agency and let them know that they were ready for a daughter, and they were placed with a girl, and then uh, the mom of that girl had a, another child. So they then had seven kids. They adopted all of them, and now... Um, through relatives and all, uh, there were two boys uh, in their teens that they decided to open their home to as well. So they're fostering two more. So nine kids in all. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of an extreme. Uh, I don't yes. know that I can do that. Uh, but uh, my, you know, I, I think the world of, of Jason and his partner and their entire family, um, many of the kids... Uh, the older kids are in the military, uh, serving the country, and um, really uh, an amazing, an amazing story. It's it, it blew my mind when I first heard it to begin with, mm -hmm. and then to to hear the level of commitment that Jason had. <laughs> 
I mean, through the process for me, I just was like, this can be real. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, especially when you get to the point where you're getting the placement. And the other statistic that I really wanted to share was in Los Angeles right now, I may have said this already, but in Los Angeles, like people get calls like, Actually, I don't think I said this um, constantly. Like they told me when I got licensed, like to expect a call within the next couple of days, like you really need to be ready, ready, ready. And mm-hmm. I know someone who got seven calls in three days after um, they had a little wider. I mean, they were looking for something a little wider than I was. As I said, I was looking for, you know, a low risk of reunification, which is what's called the reunification is going back to the parents for people who don't know. Um But even in my case, so basically what happened with me was that I got licensed. They told me I was in the, um, you know, I was ready to go and two weeks went by and I didn't get a call at all. And of course I called Jason. I mean, I called Jason a couple times during those two weeks, if we're being honest, but, um, he was like, yeah, okay. At this point, there's gotta be something wrong. Like there's no way, um, so long story short, through another board member of Raise a Child, who I had become friends of, who had referred me to Raise a Child also, um, separate from Mark, um, he introduced me to his senior social worker a while back to just ask her any questions I might have also. And I called her and she was like, oh, you're licensed, but your match criteria isn't in the system. So basically, there was just a clerical error that had me, you know, not finding a child. And then, um, and then we, you know, found people who could help me. (laughs) Um, So, but that's when he was telling me, he's like, don't take, you know, he's like, I know you didn't get a call in two weeks. He's like, that's not normal. It's because of the clerical error. Hold out for the child that you, you know, you know that you're getting the yes for. And I was afraid, honestly, like when he said that, I was afraid, what if I don't know? What if my instincts are so bad? I too, like think that I'm terrible at dating and I picked the wrong people. I'm like, am I going to have that yes feeling over the phone not knowing or seeing or anything but I did I not only did I but my team like I have as I said the nanny had already started she's actually part office assistant and then part nanny and so she was already working I'd hired her back in October before the November um, arrival of Jelly Bean and then my lead assistant like the, we had Jason on speed dial there was the process like when they called to make sure we could have the speakerphone with Jason and it was it was pretty funny yeah I mean and, and that's uh, you know all part of the reason why and how we uh, founded Raise a Child not only to to spread the word and educate people about the benefits of uh, adopting and fostering, uh, but also to support people. I mean, um, you know, no matter the uh, the idea of building a family, that's a huge decision for people. And, of course, it's a complicated uh, process. But to have a mentor like Jason and our team of parent advocates that you can call and, you know, uh, Ask them any kind of question that you may have, questions that you might not feel comfortable asking your, your uh, foster and adoption agencies. We want to be that friend for people. We want to be there and mentor folks all the way through the process. And then afterward, we want to be there, too, um, to support and to make sure that, you know, we're, we're helping with resources out there to make sure that, you know, you're able to be the best parent you can be. 
and uh, I, I have to say, when we first started six years ago, I spoke to a um, one of the agency founders, one of the foster agency founders, and I said, well, when is it that you go back to families once they've adopted? Like, how long do you wait and go back to ask if they would be ready to adopt a second child? And yeah. the woman looked at me like I had three heads, and she said, why would we ever do that? And Raise a Child has changed uh, that uh. point of view for that agency. Um, they now know that many of our, our families are, you know, if you take care of them and you stay with them, it, it, it makes for a happier family. And, yes, many people would like to have more than one uh, child. So, you know, when you're ready, Devin, we're ready for you, too. So, <laughs> All right. uh, oh, Yes, um, I have to, I have to, um, yeah, get a couple other things in order first, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I either have to find that magical partner or I have to, and, uh, you know, I would do it in a heartbeat that way. Or, yes, as I said, if I sell my dessert line and don't have to think about money ever, then I would I would do it in a heartbeat also. But as a single woman with, you know, it really does take a lot to try to run a business. And, you know, I, I mean, as I said, I have a nanny part. Well, I mean, I guess technically full-time we were talking about this before, but, um, I have a 40 hour a week nanny. Um, I haven't shared that before. And, you know, when normally we go to work for 40 hours a week, like an average person does, I've always worked more than that, but you know, the average person does. And, um, and you feel like that's most of your life. Like you feel like work takes up most of your time. But if you have a 40 hour a week nanny and a baby that's not sleeping. <laughs> um, so you need, you know, in order to do business sometimes uh, to be rested and you have that nanny come overnight. That's only one and two thirds day of seven. I'm like, wait, how did that happen? How did a full time job now feel like a day and a half? Um, well, and then I'd like to say, too, for the listener out there who's thinking, well, yeah, sure, she can do this because she has a full-time nanny. Um, maybe they don't know you like we know you, that, you know, you, um, are, you, you are so busy with so many projects and uh, your career and all of that. You need that support uh, out there. So, uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me knowing how involved you are with with everything that you have going on. So, uh, yeah. And as I said, I need a full-time nanny in in many cases. I mean, when I made the decision from one child to two, I did hire an au pair just to get uh, until I got my parenting legs under me. You know, it was one thing to imagine being a parent, but um, then to have two very young kids they were four and five when they first uh, came to me um i needed a little bit of help but then after like four months i couldn't wait for the au pair to go back to germany because <laughs> I, I was ready i was ready i was able the kids were into a schedule and uh you know it it, it was a temporary thing for me uh because i don't have relatives around to help me um but but, yeah, I mean, there no, are well, ways that people can make this happen for them that will be comfortable, and, you know, we'll, we're free to talk to you about or to your listeners about all of that. Well, and I'm super glad you brought that up. We have just a couple more minutes, but you, I, I'm really glad you said that because you're right. Like, people need to know that, yes, I have a nanny, and when I say full-time, she also, as I said, doubles as an office assistant, so it's not even full-time, you know, she's not with Jellybean 40 hours, 
Um, I, yes, I do work from home, so I get to spend a lot more time with Jelly Bean. I mean, people who know me, like most people, even like my IT guy was like, wow, how are you doing that? Like knowing that I have my hand in literally 30 pots at all times. I'm launching a book right now. I didn't take a maternity leave at all, you know. So for other people, it's I, I don't think people need a nanny at all. And especially, as you said, there's so many resources. I'm not positive around the country, but like I had no idea you get a stipend. I had no idea the county here pays for partial child care. I mean, I'm not taking advantage of that, but if you need it, and they can pay a clothing allowance if you need it. They can, you can... Um, get your formula paid for if you need it. Um, you know, I mean, there's so like, I was just blown away, like, and that, and that, and apparently jelly beans college is already paid for if I need that. Um, and then you had mentioned the psych services, like if, you know, because of these extra classes I took, if jelly bean at 13 is like, Oh my God, I'm, I was a foster child and, you know, hits crisis and I have trouble with her. Um, I can even go to counseling for free. So uh, please don't. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because it's, it's not that at all. I mean, my, my situation is completely different than other people's and, you know, I have to be on planes or I'd never make any money or continue my career at all. So I need somebody to, you know, watch her, um, because you also can't take a foster child out of the count. Well, the the state, or at least part of the state. I'm not even clear on this. This is one of the things I need to talk to Jason about. <laughs> Where yeah, can I take my child? <laughs> Jason, oh. call. But, but right. yes, you can, with permission from uh, your social worker or the court, you can travel with foster children. That's not an issue. One thing I'd like to say quickly is... Okay. Um, and uh, let me check the clock to make sure. Um, we have like two minutes, you know, so, people, or a minute. Well, we have one minute. Because Valentine's okay. Day, I do want to say this. You know, people say, oh, I don't think I, I could take a foster child because you never know this or you never know that. When I was presented with my two kids, they came, I was presented these two files, um, and they were about an inch and a half thick of every doctor's appointment, every test in school, every hearing test, uh, eye test, all of that type of thing, there was reports in there. And when we consider that in love, we bring people into our home and into our hearts, adults, you know, when we're looking and dating and all of that, we don't ask for their file. We don't check their credit score. We don't do any of that. And we openly bring people into our home and in our hearts. Where with foster children, there's their whole history that is available in many cases, not all cases, but many cases. So that's just an argument for, for love and, and deciding to go uh, and build your family, uh, thinking with your head, uh, seeing with your eyes, and feeling with your heart. Well, I love it. We have to wrap there. I hope everybody tells a friend about this show um, if they're even considering it and also uh, that you check out raiseachild.org. Thank you so much, Rich. I'm so hey, excited you. that you were yeah. able to join us. Absolutely. Have a great have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.